we humans all have the same fatal flaw. We never knew what we had until it was taken from us. We all have routines, our food, our jobs, the cars we drive, the people we surround ourselves with. But not one person has the same routine. We all have different ideas of success, happiness, failure. But what is the one thing that drives us all? Survival. The year is 2076. I've been trying my best to keep track of the days, the weeks. But it all seems to just blur together lately. I haven't eaten anything substantial in three days. A little scraps here, an out-of-date buy of something there. All the spots I know of within five miles have been cleaned out. If not by me, then by other survivors. The only trouble is, sometimes the survivors are worse than the infected. Brutal, violent people who will do anything to get by without guilt, without remorse. So far, I've managed to scavenge what little I can undetected. I can't afford to be seen by them. I dread to think what would happen if they did. When the city collapsed during the outbreak, I originally had a plan. I was focused. Find other survivors and seek shelter somewhere that would sustain us while we figured out what was happening. After helping one or two survivors and managing to barricade ourselves inside a small supermarket, we quickly realized that many others had the same idea. There were at least six other people already inside, hiding behind the counter, some with makeshift weapons in hand, fear in their eyes. We all remained quiet, two kids being held by what I would later come to learn were not their parents, but their neighbors. It turned out their parents had been killed, ripped apart by these things. We sat still, the adults trying to keep the little ones quiet. There was a period of silence, followed by agonizing screams all around where we were holed up. The man and woman I had helped gazed at me during the chaos outside, as if to say thank you, which was confirmed by a slight nod the man gave. It's been six years since day zero, when the world went dark. I'm alone now. I gave up on groups a long time ago after seeing what people do to each other in desperation. I've seen people killed for a few cans of beans and some water. To this day, I still don't know a lot about the Rippers. I'm not really sure what else to call them. Infected, dead ones, freaks, geeks. I've heard of a few names given to them during my travels. I managed to find a well-hidden loft off the beaten path about two years ago. 
I've since made it my home. There were three or four lurkers floating about late in the afternoon one Tuesday when I came across it. A small cottage, derelict and overgrown. Hadn't been lived in for many years long before the downfall. It was built alongside a large wall, which had now been taken back by nature. And because of this, the cottage was only visible when you got close enough. When I found it, I began pulling at branches and weeds to discover an entrance behind. Immediately my thoughts raced in my mind. This was the safest place I had found in four years. It was located about twenty minutes by foot from the city. Perfect for staying outside. The last thing I wanted was to set up camp in the city somewhere. Not again. The city was no longer safe. Hadn't been for quite some time. Not only was the place crawling with rotters, but you had to be careful of bandits. They lure you in, pretending to be sick or injured, asking for help, getting back to their group with the promise of food and shelter. But they're not sick, and they're not hurt. But by then, it's too late. One evening I lost the light earlier than expected. The sun went down and I was too far from the cottage. I'd never dare travel at night. At night there are what can only be described as creatures. I've never seen anything like them. I call them runners. They are fast, aggressive, and ruthless. I've seen them leap over walls and cars at speed and rip limbs off people trying to escape. The first time I saw one, I was holed up in the city, waiting until first light, trying to get any small amount of sleep I could. An ice cream shop on one of the side streets. There was only one entrance, and I had barricaded it well enough that I could hear if someone, or something, was trying to get in. I awoke at about 3am to gut-wrenching screams from a woman. She was screaming for help, and with my startled reaction from my sleep, I got up grabbing my Farah 83 rifle and gently pulling the curtain to peek. It wasn't a modern rifle. I managed to snag it from a museum sometime within the first six months after the fall. It was used back in the 80s, as far as I recalled. I had two clips of ammo that were on display in a glass cabinet below where the gun was hanging on the wall. Each clip contained only ten rounds. It was a semi-automatic, so I had to make my shots count. I've thankfully not had much reason to use it in all this time. I avoid taking as much risk as I can. I've fired four shots in the five and a half years I've had it. Out of four shots, I only managed to hit two of them. But they were clean shots to the head at close range. I'm not sure how good my aim would be at longer ranges. I was never much of a gun guy. I repaired computers for a living. Not much need for a shotgun behind the counter for a geek in a dusty small repair shop. As selfish as it may seem, I had no choice but to simply stand by and watch as a woman's screams got quieter the further away she got, still being hunted by this thing. Eventually, the screaming stopped. There was nothing I could do. If I opened that door... I'd also be dead. The gun would only bring down more of them on top of me. And the door 
definitely wouldn't hold. But I sometimes have night terrors in which I can still hear her screams. Morning came, at what felt like an eternity. It was the middle of November, and I could feel the weather getting worse. The beginnings of a snowstorm had made its way through the city last night, and with it, it left behind a blanket of white. Less than a foot deep, but I'm not sure how much longer that would be the case. The snow only made things far more difficult. It was good to gather up in a container, like a plastic bottle or a bowl, and keep it outside the cottage for cuts and bruises. It did help with the swelling, but traversing through the snow took its toll. The chill in the air made breathing more difficult, but mainly, it made it a lot harder to get around quietly. I found a bicycle early on, after a few weeks, and it allowed me to get to and from the city with ease, and more importantly, get around a little more quietly. But I have to stash it once I get so far into the city, due to debris and roadblocks. It's not worth trying to maneuver my way around the obstacles and risk falling and getting hurt. These things are drawn by sound. They can see, but they're very sensitive to sound. I've seen them stand in groups before, silent, not moving or reacting to anything. It's like they're dormant, awaiting stimulus. Very strange thing to witness. I've seen it occur a few times, just not with runners. I don't see many of those during the day, and the ones I do see tend to wander a little, but seem rather docile too. The most heart-pounding thing is their scream. It's almost like a loud screech. Each and every time I hear it, my insides tighten. I made my way through the streets, sticking to the tight alleys I knew well and staying out of sight, keeping an eye on the winter wonderland beneath my feet so as to not slip and fall or make too much noise. The hunger in my gut starting to slow me down once more. I was a few miles inside the city. I knew of a place close by. I hadn't been able to reach it before now due to bandits and infected and this was the first time in months I had headed this far east. After a few minutes of back alleys and a little bit of climbing, I reached the place. A small diner called Stucky's. That was known for its bacon cheese please deluxe hamburger and ice cold vanilla shakes. I had been many times. Great atmosphere and kind people. But it was nothing like that now. Dark damp and grimy, a desolate shadow of the family food house I once knew. I remember from a long time ago, the booth at the back on the right had a dodgy window that never locked, and the owner James never bothered to fix it. I made sure the street was clear, and made my way over. After ten seconds I managed to wiggle the window open, the latch was still broken. My lucky day, I thought to myself. As I climbed through and gently closed the window down again, ignoring the broken latch. After a quick scan with my eyes, I could tell there wasn't much. In fact, there was nothing at all really from what I could see. I found a kitchen knife on the bar 
and placed it into my bag within the first few seconds of getting inside. I searched the kitchen high and low and came up empty. Even the gumball machine on the bar beside the stools had been emptied. Fuck. Just as I was cursing at the wind, I had a thought. I picked up a small chair and brought it over to the countertop. I stood up on the chair and onto the counter, looking above the cabinets, and my eyes lit up. Sure enough, I found a small box with a four-pack of ramen noodles inside, and still in date, not expiring for another year. I could barely control my smile. I couldn't believe it, after this long, that no one had thought to check there. This alone was a great find and worth the trip. I decided this was enough, not to push my luck. Time to go home. I turned with the box in hand and sat down on the countertop, placing the box down beside me. I pulled my backpack around in my front and unzipped it. Just then, in the corner of my eye, movement. I slowly turned my head. A chill went straight down my spine. A fucking runner. <laughs>